the origin of the burp counter isn't something I ever thought I would hear. For as long as I can remember, I've just been a burpy person. Anything will make me burp. I don't know if this is true. What's up, guys? I'm Karesar, and this is Difficult Content, a podcast about Final Fantasy XIV and the art of creating for it. Difficult Content asks tough questions, but also celebrates the creators who make the Final Fantasy community as unique as they are. Today, I have Clarissa Eve with me to talk about what drives her to create for Final Fantasy XIV and her approach to both changing jobs and entering fights fully blind. Clarissa is a quadruple legend, artist, house decorator, Twitch partner, and one of the newest Final Fantasy XIV YouTube partners. Congratulations again. Thank you. Are you ready for this? Yes. Let's do it. First of all, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. I've told you this before, but you're one of a handful of creators who have really inspired me to reassess my content goals. Since then, I've dramatically increased my focus on YouTube. And so I was following your growth and your path to YouTube partnerships really closely. Thank you very much. Before we get into all that, I want to know some baseline facts about you. Why did you initially take the leap from playing Final Fantasy XIV to creating streams, videos, and even art for it? So I actually had already been streaming for a while whenever I first started playing Final Fantasy XIV because a friend got it for me as either it was a Christmas or a birthday gift in like late December 2019. It was pretty much love at first sight or like love at first login because I never played an MMO before besides RuneScape if you count that and everything was just completely new and different from anything I'd ever experienced in a video game before. I loved seeing all these new things and learning all this new stuff, going to all these new places and I remember the holiday event was happening because there were decorations all over the towns and it was snowing and it was so pretty and I ended up playing for over 12 hours every day that week so I might have been just a little bit addicted at first yeah it brings me back to endwalker launch where i like didn't do anything except play the msq until it was finished. yeah <laughs> just non-stop like yeah. i have to know what happens next like my wife would come in and be like are you okay i'm like yeah yeah i'm good i'm good <laughs> <laughs> speaking through tears i'm fine yeah yeah, yeah. it's nothing's wrong <laughs> um <laughs> so as a follow-up why do you stream regularly then or create content in general what do you personally get out of it well, I've always streamed and created art as a way to express myself. And I feel like with art, it's pretty self-explanatory with that, right? Like that's a very common thing that people do to express themselves. But when it comes to streaming, it's essentially just a way to make something I already enjoy playing video games even more enjoyable because I moved a lot growing up and so I lost friends and because of that I became very closed off as a child and that never really changed and I'm extremely socially awkward in person and I get really anxious and then I don't act like myself I just kind of like smile and nod and then I don't ever really open up or anything and people usually don't believe me when I say that because they say I appear so comfortable speaking on stream but it's entirely different getting to sit in the comfort of your own home by yourself and just talking through a microphone so the thing that helps with my social anxiety the most relative to streaming is that when people come to the stream they're there for a reason there's a common interest and that common interest naturally creates conversation about specific topics or specific things in the video game aka things I enjoy talking about and I'm able to easily talk about so I think the main thing I get out of streaming is the opportunity to meet like-minded people who share the same interests I do which is something I always struggled with 
streaming has led me to meet many, many wonderful people, some of which I'm very grateful I get to call my best friends now. So it's super interesting to me because something that I've always experienced with the Final Fantasy community and kind of MMOs and really the internet in general is that I'm very introverted. Mm -hmm. I can be outgoing like this, but my social battery gets drained very, very quickly. But Mm -hmm. I feel like in Final Fantasy 14 or Discord or streams, that isn't as much of a demand on it. So I, Mm -hmm. I really identify with what you're saying because it allows me to be social without feeling like I need to take a nap for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is content creation your primary source of income? And if not, do you want to get to a point where it is someday? Or is this primarily a hobby? Content creation currently is my only source of income. I work on lots of things every day and I still can't believe that I'm able to afford to live while actually doing things that bring me joy. I stream, I do emote and art commissions, and now I've been making videos. I used to work retail and I actually had to stop streaming for a while because of how many hours I was working. I just didn't have the time to balance streaming, work, friends, family. So once I left that job, I worked somewhere else for about two months and I was miserable. My anxiety and depression were probably the worst they've been since high school and I realized that I needed to take a break from things or I was going to snap. So during that bit of time that I wasn't working, I was looking at job listings all the time and nothing sounded even remotely appealing, but I had some money saved up and so I decided to give myself a few months to try to get back into streaming before getting another job. I enjoyed it before, so I thought that if I still found it fun, it could maybe help with the depressive rut I was in. Turns out it did help, but I didn't ever expect this to be one of my sources of income, let alone my main one, but I'm very, very thankful that it is. All right, so something about you that's unique, I think, among Final Fantasy fourteen content creators is how much you've embraced YouTube shorts. Talk to me about what got you started down that path and what you've gained from it. So to build on something I mentioned to you before, making videos is a very natural step for a content creator whose main content is streaming. Because if all you do is stream, your content is only ever discoverable while you're live. Some people technically could find your Twitch channel when you're offline, but only through a direct link or searching your username specifically. So to grow as a live streaming content creator, you need to have some kind of or multiple kinds of long form content. I've actually always wanted to make YouTube videos. When I was younger, I'd watch one or two gaming YouTube channels very frequently, and it was always Always so funny and entertaining to me. I'd watch them with my brothers as well. And not just the content itself, but the way the editing added to it. Not even anything crazy, just simple zooms and subtitles, small things like that. Added so much to making the content more entertaining and I wanted to be able to do that. And on YouTube Shorts specifically, they're really pushing for their users to create shorts right now so that they can try to compete with TikTok, Instagram, all those apps. So shorts get really a lot of views with very little effort, at least way less effort than an entire video takes. So it's really good exposure for your channel. So I tried to put effort into shorts and it does nowhere near as well as the shorts that I literally just clip from my actual videos and (laughs) and create in vertical mode. Yeah, dude, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the more work I put into a short, the worse it does. If you could do only one thing for the rest of your Final Fantasy XIV career, would you pick art, live streaming, shorts, house decorating, making long form videos and why? If I could only pick one of those things, it's a really tough decision between streaming and art. Because like I said earlier, I've drawn pretty much ever since I could pick up a pencil. And streaming, on the other hand, hasn't been an integral part of my life for nearly as long. But streaming has allowed me to meet so many people. And it's such a nice thing to be able to capture memories that happen on stream. It's a really tough choice, but I think I would have to say I would keep making art. Because art has been such an enormous part of who I am throughout my entire life. And I don't think I would have made it through a lot of things without it. I'm interested then in your creative process. How do you come up with the idea for a video or what to do on a stream? And what steps do you go through to make it a reality? 
honestly don't have any sort of method for coming up with ideas for a video or something to do on stream. Throughout the day or night while I'm already streaming or while I'm trying to sleep, my brain will just suddenly think of things and I have to write it down or put it in a note on my phone so I don't forget it. But steps I take depend entirely on what the idea is for, because if it's an idea for a drawing or an emote, I would do some rough, quick sketches and then look at a ton of different art from various artists to get inspiration and motivation to create. And if the idea is for a video, I'll try to get a better understanding of what exactly it is I want to do. So I'll write out some bullet points. I'll ask questions like, what is the purpose of this video? Am I trying to convey a certain point or message? Things like that. And I'll also get a general idea of what I want the thumbnail to be because when you keep thinking back to the thumbnail that can help you stay on track and keep everything relevant to the main point of the video i too am a notes app aficionado um mm-hmm. i have it with me at all times <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i have a, a discord channel that i use just to write down notes and stuff all the time i also have a discord channel that's only <laughs> <me. laughs> that's awesome it's so cool hearing that from just other people and seeing that you kind of both got to the same spot independently mm-hmm. i do that all the time while i'm streaming i'll be like hang on i thought of something I need to type this so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah, well, and I have a terrible memory. So I try. Oh, me too. I've like, I'm not naturally an organized person, but I've become one over time mm-hmm. just to keep myself sane. Yeah, I get distracted very easily. And so I'll think of something and be like, yeah, I need to do that. But then I just start doing this thing and that leads to doing <laughs> this and that leads to doing this. And then the other thing is just gone. What would you say has been the hardest thing for you to overcome in getting your content off the ground? For me personally, the hardest thing to overcome was definitely my anxiety and depression. I've never been a very confident person. And so putting yourself out there and pretty much having to advertise yourself was and still is a really hard thing for me to do. I'm still not entirely used to it and I'm not sure if I ever will be. I still get anxiety about streaming pretty often too. The only reason I'm able to push through it is because when I begin to feel that way when I'm about to start up stream, I remind myself that every time I do stream, afterwards I'm always happy that I did. I always say that it's so, so, so easy to just not do things, especially things that make you uncomfortable in some way. So reminding myself of how glad I felt after doing this thing that's making me anxious helps tremendously. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. You know, as someone I've anxiety myself has been depressed in the past. I completely agree with you that the act of doing something you enjoy, the act of creating really gets you out of that space. I think you saying that's impactful. There's always like a, you know, a negative stigma with these things. And it's definitely gotten better lately. But I still always think it's good to just be open about it because it's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed of or anything. It's a very common and normal thing. Along with the lines of positivity here, I want you to name a specific video, stream, milestone, skill you learned, or something else that you're most proud of in your Final Fantasy XIV creator (laughs) career. Uh, The thing I think that I am most proud of would be the community that we've built up over the years of playing this game. I've met many people, people from streaming, lots of which were through streaming Final Fantasy XIV. People come and go, but we've developed a very strong core community of friends that are really the reason why I continue to stream. We talk in my stream discord pretty much every single day and I always look forward to getting to hang out with them during stream. (laughs) That is a fantastic answer. (laughs) Now we're going to do a section called five favorites. I'm going to give you five topics and you're going to pick your favorite for each. What's your favorite job in Final Fantasy XIV and why? My favorite job in Final Fantasy XIV is, to no one's surprise, Samurai. When I started playing this game, I had quite literally no prior knowledge at all, like I said earlier. I didn't even know this game existed until the day my friend got it for me. The only other Final Fantasy game I played was 15, and all I knew about this one is that it was an MMO. 
And while making my way through the MSQ, I was streaming and I mentioned something about wishing I could use katanas. And someone said I could as the samurai class now that I was level 50. They told me where to unlock it. I immediately teleported to Ulda and I was now a samurai. I went through the rest of the MSQ as a samurai and eventually began my first savage tier in Shadowbringers. Ever since then, Samurai has been my comfort class, as I call it. I'm able to play it more reliably and consistently than any other job without even really thinking about it anymore. That allows me to put pretty much all of my focus on the mechanics without having to sacrifice damage consistency. Speaking of Savage Tears, what's your favorite fight in Final Fantasy XIV and why? So this is actually a really difficult question. So I'm going to cheat and I'm going to give you two answers. A favorite Savage and a favorite Ultimate. I only started raiding in Shadowbringers. So out of all the Savage fights that I've done, I think I would have to pick E4S. It was a really fun fight to try and greed for uptime as a melee DPS. The soundtrack is awesome. It felt really fast paced and not having a checkpoint for a final floor fight made it feel a little more difficult, which is a good thing. It felt like a challenging fight for every role and still to this day feels like one of the best design raids that I've personally experienced. As for a favorite Ultimate, this is a much easier decision. T. Most of the T weapons are my favorite weapons in the game. I love the soundtracks, the design, aesthetic, and theme of all the Alexander raids, and very similarly to one of my reasons for E4S being so good, it is a very challenging fight on every single role. It's not only a challenge for tanks and healers with boss movement, aggro trading, mitigation, and healing. Everyone has things they need to do for each mechanic, and everyone has to execute them properly or it's a wipe. I love fights that challenge every player in the party and give each of them responsibilities. T is definitely my favorite fight in the game as well. What's your favorite city or location in Final Fantasy? This is also a really difficult question. When I was brand new, Gridania was my favorite place because as cheesy as it sounds, I just love nature. But now after having played through the entirety of the game, there are places like the Tempest, Elpis, and Ultima Thule that have so much weight and significance to the story. I wouldn't be able to pick just one place if I could choose from all the locations of the game, so I'll pick from cities specifically. And currently, I think my answer would be Old Charlian. I love both the day and nighttime music that plays there so much. It frequently snows, and at night you can see the Aurora Borealis in the sky. It makes for such a good place to sit and AFK at while I'm drawing or working on things on my other monitor. Who is your favorite character or NPC? Unlike the previous two, this question is actually really easy. My favorite character is Emmett Selk by far. I love when a story has an antagonist rather than a villain, and Emmett is an extremely well-written antagonist. Throughout Shadowbringers, you come to realize that Emmett is the same as you, trying to do the exact same thing you are. He's a very tragic character, and I always find myself being drawn to more tragic characters and stories as they tend to have more depth to them, which is a good thing because very little in this world is black and white. I really enjoy having morality challenged, good and bad questioned, things like that. And finally, your favorite thing to do in the game that isn't raiding. This is another easy one. Decorating. It's not very surprising when people who have spent their entire lives expressing themselves through art find a way to do so in any and every hobby they pick up. I've always loved window shopping for houses in real life and still do. Going to furniture and home stores like Home Goods, Bed Bath & Beyond, Home Depot, and thinking of all the ways to change a space to make it work for you. To make that space not only reflect who you are and how you feel, but to make the space feel truly comforting to you. Your home is going to be one of the places that you spend more time in than anywhere else, so I want to feel my absolute happiest when I'm in my home. You have to figure out a way to make that space give you those feelings of happiness and comfort. Decorating can be a very relaxing form of self-expression, but can also be stressful and frustrating in real life when trying to renovate things. The payoff isn't quite the same in a video game, but being able to shift around walls and any item with just a couple clicks when decorating a Final Fantasy gets rid of the possible stress factor that comes with renovating. All you're left with is a time-consuming but relaxing way to create and express yourself.
I want to talk a little about something you mentioned on stream when we first started our T Reprog group. You're a quad legend. You've done a lot of the recent Savage tiers completely blind. And frankly, I look at that as very brave. Yet you expressed that switching from melee to tank made you pretty nervous heading into that first raid night. Talk to me about why switching a role changes your perspective on a fight. You already know enough that it brings those kind of nerves into the equation. For starters, it had been a very long time since I lasted T. When I first did it, it was my first ultimate ever, and I was on Samurai. We got 17 or 18 clears, moved on to the other ultimates, and then never went back into T. Much later, a group of friends who had all cleared T before, but one of more reclears got together, and we did some different strats, and ended up getting two or three more clears, but I was on Samurai again. Doing this fight as a tank is completely different. It's not just a different job, but a whole different role. I'm already still new to tanking as it is, especially on Gunbreaker. Any prior knowledge I have of this fight is almost entirely useless. I did a little bit of studying before our first raid day, but I was still so nervous and didn't feel prepared enough. I still get nervous every raid day before queuing into the instance. I think this worry just comes from feeling out of place on a different role, because I don't understand the job and role I'm playing as much as I normally do when I'm playing Samurai or another melee DPS, so I worry that I'm going to hold the group back or just make a bunch of mistakes that cause wipes and things like that. So after that first night, what kind of preparation did you do and what advice would you give to anyone looking to make a major change in what they play as their main? For preparation, I got the T-Bis for Gunbreaker, looked over toolboxes for the strats we were going to be doing. More importantly, I did some savage rating as Gunbreaker. Level 80 Gunbreaker is easier than level 90, I think, so I figured if I can perform decently enough at 90, I should be fine at level 80. I even did a little bit of UCOB as Gunbreaker the week before we started T-Reprog. If I had any advice to give for someone changing roles for rating, it would be that. Practice, learn from a mistakes and not only take but ask for constructive criticism from a trusted source or two. Looking over POVs is also extremely helpful for me personally. Since we were going to be doing an ultimate, I focused on practicing in Savage. If you're going to be doing Savage on a new role and are feeling nervous, just go down one step in difficulty and practice that new role in some extreme trials. If you're absolutely brand new to the role or job, even just running max level dungeons and normal raids will really help you get used to the abilities and what they do. You're a bit unique among what I'll call non-world racers in that you regularly do fights blind. What inspired you to take that approach? I'm not really sure, honestly. It was just something about getting to figure things out because I really like puzzles and just trying to think of ways to resolve things. And that's what rating is, really. You have to see a mechanic. You're given only that information, just what you see right there. And figuring out how to make something work is something that I really enjoy. You don't ever get that first experience with it ever again. That just interests me so much more than getting a really quick clear and following guides or whatever. Do you have any interest in world racing or doing like 16 hour day prog in the future? That's something that I've thought a little bit about before, and I think I would have interest in it, but I don't know if I'd be able to physically handle that, so I'm not sure. It's definitely something that I think sounds interesting and fun, and I would like to try, but I'm not sure. I feel like my worry about holding a group back would probably keep me from ever trying that. For me, I typically don't put too much pre-thinking into the early floors of a Savage tier. For the later floors, though, I'm full-on spreadsheeting, heal-admit plans, studying VODs, and obsessing over every little minor detail. Anything to get an advantage. So I'm interested in what kind of prep you personally do, or even can you do, going into a fight with your totally blind approach. Honestly, I don't really do any prep aside from having pencil gear, food, and pots ready to go. I know world racers prep by spamming the normal raids and trying to guess what the mechanics could possibly be like in the Savage versions, but theorizing can really only do so much. We have no idea what the Savage versions will actually end up being like, no matter how much we may try to figure it out before they release. 
half of the time, the raid wides and tank busters don't even have the same name as the normal versions do. There are definitely times where understanding how the mechanics in the normal versions can help you understand the savage mechanic, but there are also times where the savage version is entirely different, and so you'll just end up confusing yourself trying to compare it to the normal version. For me personally, spamming the normal raids over and over will burn me out and make me sick of the fights before the savage versions even come out. I only do the normal raids as many times as I need to if I need loot from them for the day one savage abyss, which if you have a full group for that, usually only ends up being one to two times for each floor. As both a creator and an active member in the community, do you feel that you miss out on some of the pageantry of the world race by not following it to stay blind or not being able to jump into friend streams before it's time for you to raid? And do you think this approach, which definitely enhances your gameplay, in any way harms your content production? I absolutely do not feel like I'm missing out on anything at all by not keeping up with the world race. If I were to follow the world race and watch streams of people doing these raids, that is what would make me feel like I was missing out on something. I'd be missing out on, like I said earlier, the only chance I have to do this content blind for the first time. You only have one opportunity to see something for the first time, to try to figure it out yourself. And then once you know how to do it, you can never have that experience with that fight or that mechanic ever again. And also, like I said earlier, I love puzzles and being challenged by mechanics that aren't super straightforward. As for thinking if this is harmful to my content production or not, I honestly don't know. That isn't something that I've ever thought about when it comes to blind progging because blind prog isn't something I'm willing to a sacrifice or give up on for the sake of content. On a lighter note, explain to me the origins of the burp counter, the echo fart sound alert, and talk about how funny things like that show a part of your personality to your audience in a unique way. The origin of the burp counter isn't something I ever thought I would hear. For as long as I can remember, I've just been a burpy person. Anything will make me burp. I don't know if this is true, but what a doctor friend told me once is that it could be that I'm swallowing excess air every time I drink a beverage. So the air is going to my stomach where it shouldn't be, which that's why carbonated drinks make people burp because the carbonation is little air bubbles going into your stomach and burping is your body's way of getting that air out. I've never had any sort of stomach pain or anything like that. So this is the only explanation I've heard that makes sense to me. But anyways, because I'm just a burpy person, I would burp while streaming if I was drinking water or tea or anything. And at some point someone asked, I wonder how many times you've burped while streaming. And I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good question. I try to just be myself as much as I possibly can at all times because I like to think of streaming as just hanging out with friends. I take things seriously when necessary or appropriate, but I've always been one to joke around a lot and be generally goofy. And I'd like to think that the people that stick around in my community are there because they enjoy my goofy personality. What about the echo fart sound? I've heard that you're the originator. The echo fart sound was years ago. I was doing an art stream forever ago and my friend Aaron linked I don't even remember if he gave context he was just he just linked in my chat a YouTube video and I was like man what is this and I opened it and it was like max volume and it was just a reverb fart <laughs> for some reason it made me cry laughing because I don't know dude farts are funny okay and so I was like yeah I need to somehow make this a part of the stream because this makes me laugh so much so you're known for being a fan of ferrets, rodents, and various other things that scurry. What's your all-time favorite animal and why? First of all, asking me to choose between animals is very mean, but the best I can do is a top three. And in case you haven't been able to tell by now, I really struggle to pick favorites of anything. So in no particular order... I'd say ferrets, raccoons, and cows. Ferrets are adorable little spineless noodles that love to explore and play. Raccoons are very curious, chunky fluff balls. And cows are extremely intelligent, loving creatures that love snuggles and scratches under their necks, and they form incredibly strong bonds with one another. My love and compassion for all sentient beings is the largest factor in my reason for being vegan. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Is it mostly the treatment of animals that prompted that? 
Yeah, I went vegetarian whenever I was in high school. I was in a class called Lab Animal and Vet Sciences, but I actually got to take care of a ferret in that class. Her name was Frida, Frida the ferret. And we watched, I think it was only like maybe 40, 45 minutes of um, Food Inc., which is a very good and informative documentary. It's just about the food industry as a whole. And they just showed some treatment of cows that happens in dairy farms and meat factories and all that. And I just felt sick and decided that I couldn't support that anymore. So I'm vegetarian. And then eventually I learned about the dairy industry. So I transitioned to being vegan and years later, here I am. <laughs> Overall, I feel like the communities are fantastic. And the people I've met in this community, such as yourself, have been a massive part of my life for years now. When I'm not playing the game, I'm probably chatting in Discord with people that I've met from the game. Unfortunately, the community also has this bad habit of unnecessarily amplifying toxicity, probably negativity on the internet spreading the fastest. So what I want to do in this final section is highlight some wholesome, non-cynical positivity and focus on the best aspects of the community instead. I'm going to have <laughs> you say something positive about five different people one of which will be yourself. Starting off, name a Final Fantasy XIV player that you admire or who drives you to be a better player yourself. I would say Hiva or Warren Bloodstorm or Minerva Stormblessed, whichever you know him as. We've been playing together for years, even before my first time Savage Raiding, and he is one of the best Final Fantasy XIV players I've ever met, and yet he always strives to be better, and that pushes me to try to be better too. It's very contagious. Eva's fantastic. So mm -hmm. tell me one Final Fantasy XIV creator and one non-Final Fantasy XIV creator that you're really into right now or who inspires you. And it doesn't have to be video content either. It can be art, music, emotes, house decorating, anything. So for a Final Fantasy XIV creator, I swear I'm not just saying this to suck up to you, but I would say you because you practically just started making YouTube videos and they are so good. The editing you do and the effort you put into each video always impresses me. And I'm still trying to learn how to do a lot of different video and editing related things myself. So seeing all the things you taught yourself how to do inspires me to try the ambitious ideas I get and put in the extra time to learn how to do new things when it comes to editing. Okay, I was not expecting that, first of all. Thank <laughs> you. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quite know what to say, but I appreciate it. As for a non-14 creator, the artist Dusty Ray has some of my favorite artwork. His style is very unique. The subject matter is really interesting, and I love the color palettes he uses and how his brushwork looks in all of his paintings. So seeing his work when I'm scrolling through Twitter or Instagram always makes me want to create something. Creation is an inherently vulnerable activity as you're putting a part of yourself out there for everyone to see. Tell me someone either in real life, from the community, or even a pet who always has your back and supports you in your efforts. The obvious answer would be my partner, Adam. He's always been supportive of me and everything I want to do for as long as we've known each other. He's always been there for me when I need someone to talk to, and he's an amazing listener. He has been and continues to be the best and most important emotional support I have. But I'd also like to say one of my very good friends and mods on Twitch, Yokoa the Okami, or Howard, one of his many nicknames. He's been around and integral to the stream and the community for so long now, and he has always been incredibly supportive. Anytime I have even just a vague idea of something I want to do or I'm interested in, he's there to help already looking into how we can go about making that idea happen. He's one of the most supportive people I've ever met in my life, and I'm very, very grateful to have him as a friend. It's awesome to hear you give the shout out to your partner, too. My wife is absolutely essential to everything I do, and, it, mm -hmm. and it's cool to yeah. see how much support I get from her, even though I think she told me in an opening for another video, she's like, I don't know half of the words that you just said, but it sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, that's how Adam is, too, because he like he's played Final Fantasy yeah. a little bit, but he doesn't really play that much, so I'll talk to him about like mechanics and stuff and he's just like okay yeah <laughs> she'll play final fantasy like probably once every six months we'll do the msq together 
it's funny living with someone who isn't involved in like Twitch chat. She'll come swing by the computer and see like a stream open or something and people are spamming like rat jam or various <laughs> like frog emotes and she's like, mm-hmm. why are there rats all over your screen? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I'm the weird one. Got yeah. It. Got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, tell everyone what you're most excited about creating next. I think I'm most excited about creating more art and videos. I invested in an actual art tablet a little while ago, and I really want to get into taking on commissions more regularly once I get more comfortable using this tablet and a new drawing program. I'm still not even entirely comfortable with digital art in general, so I definitely need more practice, but then I really want to get into that more because up until now, I've just used an old iPad for drawing emotes and anything else digitally. As for videos, I have a lot of ambitious ideas that are going to take a lot of work, but I think that with enough effort, I'll be able to make something close enough to what I have envisioned. For me, this show is without question what I'm most excited about creating next. And I want to thank you so much for coming on today to help me with it. We talked about our inspirations and the people that support us and how we couldn't create without them. I can't do an interview show without people to interview. And you were just fantastic to talk to. Thank you. (laughs) So are you. (laughs) So I certainly talk a lot, but the final word's yours. Tell everyone where they can find you and any parting thoughts. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Clarissa Eve and youtube.com slash Clarissa Evergarden. And as far as parting thoughts go, I'll just leave it at have fun with whatever game you may be playing and always remember to be kind. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. Thank you.